Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, so again, uh, I, I want to welcome you to church. Um, uh, again, we're not, uh, if this is your first time or maybe it's your first time in a long time, obviously it's a little different. Uh, but man, we're, we're embracing the different because we believe again that God is working on our heart before we step into this next season. And now he wants to make sure that we're going to worship with no lights before we we get into a, a place that has lots of lights, right? He's going to make sure that we're worshiping with with uh, with the lights on in here and block walls and the gym floor. Guess what? We're doing that now to get our heart right as, as we step into this next season. I'm excited about it. And uh, we started a new series last week called Rhythms. Everybody shout Rhythms. I like it. So so um, I, I'm just grateful for what this idea of rhythms is. How many of y'all, just be honest with me, how many of y'all, y'all ain't got the rhythm? Come on, somebody. How many of y'all be like, I can't clap on beat. If somebody's clapping at this time, I'm clapping completely opposite. Like, where you at? Come on, where are all the, all the white people in the room? You ain't got no rhythm up in this place, all right? Like, like here's the idea. Like, my thing is, is I think a lot of us, some of, it got, some of us got it, some of us ain't got it. You know what I'm saying? That's just one of those things that, that we just got to understand about this thing called rhythm. What is rhythm? It's on your sheet right there. What do you think about them them old heavenly highway hymn books that we got in your seat today? Come on, somebody, right? Uh, got a little, little something like that, a little throwback. I like that. Uh, uh, but on one side, there's a place for you to be able to take some notes. I would encourage you to write some stuff down because it's so important because, again, as we talked about last week, the fact is that for you and I, anything that we hear, we take about 5% of it and we can take it with us. Anything we write down, it's about 35%. And then anything that, that we go back and revisit after we write it down, 90%. So, again, you may not need this today. I really think that you're going to need this maybe on Wednesday. Come on, somebody, right? So I need you to just kind of lean into what we're talking about today, and we're talking about this thing called rhythms. Rhythms is on your sheet, but this is this idea of rhythm being a strong, regular, repeated pattern of movement or sound, right? That's what a rhythm is. We talked about this last week, right? We had a drum illustration. My guy, D-Swag, right here in the front row, was was on the drums last week. And I don't know if you know anything about a drum set, right? Think about a drum set. Like the, the kick drum is the thing that sets the rhythm of the song, right? So so anytime everybody, like just if you got rhythm, clap along with me. Are you ready? All right, I'm speeding up. I'm sorry. I wouldn't be good at drums, okay? But, but like, okay, that right there is a kick drum. Like, if you imagine it in a, a drum set, what that's doing is setting the beat. It's setting the pace. It's setting the rhythm of what it's supposed to sound like. And what happens is once you have that, right, like, here we go. Let's start it again. You ready? Did y'all y'all see what I'm doing there? You see what's happening? That is a rhythm, and you have to have that downbeat that sets the pace. It sets the tone. It is a strong, regular, repeated pattern of movement. And what happens is once you have that, all this other stuff can be added to it, just like I did a little clap session right there. Like, like you can add things to it as long as you have that consistent rhythm that's there in the first place. So I want to challenge all of us. I want to encourage all of us. Now, I believe that you and I, just like a, a kick drum is on a drum set, it's in the very 
middle, that you and I have to allow Jesus to set the rhythm of our life, that we have to allow Jesus to be the very center of everything that we do. And even this, again, this is just where we as a church, we have to make sure what we're doing, that Jesus is at the very center of everything that we do. And in all of the other things that God wants to add to your life or wants to be, he can build on that, and it's got that solid foundation of Jesus if you will build it around him. Same thing for our church. We're going to build it around the name of Jesus. And again, I think there's so many times what we walk through and what we want to talk through these next couple of weeks. We kind of had a pivot, I feel like the Holy Spirit just kind of said this week, to kind of pivot where you're going with this sermon series because we were going to talk about a few things, and we'll still probably interject some of those, but I thought what we would just talk about like over the next few weeks is this idea that no matter what goes on in the world around us, no matter what happens, uh, let's just say all of our trailers happen to get stolen and we can no longer have any uh, any of that stuff, right? That's where all of our equipment goes into. That's where all of that is. I want there to be a few things that are said of Purpose Church that, that guess what? We're going to go back to this strong regular repeated pattern of a few things like worship doesn't matter if we have lights we're going to worship because it's a part it's a heart posture we're going to go back to this thing called scripture right we're going to be bible people we're going to be preaching from this right here this is the thing that sets the authority to my life and i just threw that at you uh but like this is the thing that that we're going to build this church on it's not going to be all the other stuff it's going to be on what god's word says next week we're going to talk about prayer maybe you don't know what that looks like what or how to pray let's walk through that together let's get some of these disciplines down now before we step into a season where we have all of that stuff guess what we're going to make sure that our heart is right in the first place amen or oh me everybody so we want to make sure that we have these rhythms and so today we're going to talk about the rhythm of scripture somebody shout rhythm of scripture it's kind of hard to say really quickly together, but rhythm of Scripture. And this is what the Bible has to say. And I know it's hard to kind of follow along with me because I don't have a screen that you're seeing these, uh, you know, like the, the verses show up on. And I'm probably going to throw a lot of Scripture out to you because we're talking about Scripture, so I'm going to throw a lot of it to you uh, today. But what I want you to do is really to write these things down. Maybe you have to go back and revisit them here uh, this afternoon or sometime this week. But this is the very first thing that I want to just tell us why we're talking about this today, this idea of rhythm of scripture John chapter 8 verse 31 if you're ready for God's word say I'm ready John 8 31 this is what the Bible says it says this Jesus said if you hold on to my teaching you are really my disciples then the Bible says Jesus goes on to say then you'll know the truth and we all know what comes next and the truth will what set you free, right? We all have heard that. We all know that. I love that Jesus is saying, hey, what you know what you need to do? You need to hold on to my teachings. You need to hold on to my word. You need to hold on. You need to do whatever you got to do to put your life around what I'm trying to tell you. So again, we're going to be a church that is all about the rhythm of scripture. And so I'm excited about that. I, I really want you to take some notes today because again, I think note takers are history makers. And so write, write, write a few things down. The very first thing I want you to write down is the point I want you to write it is this idea of make it what sets the rhythm of your life so you got to make scripture what sets the rhythm of your life you got to make it what sets the rhythm of your life so, so I think about that, and again, we talked about a little bit about rhythm and uh, about what that looks like for some of us. Some of us don't have it. Some of us do have it, all of that kind of stuff. But I think all of us can have Scripture as the rhythm of our life, that we can all have that as uh, uh, what we build our life around. See, I just think this idea, we have to allow 
the Bible to set the downbeat to the entirety of our life, right? We got to let it do that. And so, in other words, you got to make it the foundation that you build everything else upon, right? You got to, amen or oh me. Come on, somebody. I know the lights are on. Don't mean you can't shout at the guy down, okay? All right? All right? So, like, I, I think you got to understand that, that, that we can build our life, we have to build it on. The, uh, on God's word, I think about it. Uh, how many of y'all uh, love having people over at your house? All right, come on, come on. I ain't never been to y'all's house. You want to raise your hand? Why don't you invite me over right now? I'm just kidding. But uh, you may love inviting people over to your house, right? You may love having people at your house. How many of y'all know that you're not um, uh, the thing about uh, when you invite somebody over, people are coming in your living room, they're coming in your kitchen, they're hanging out, they're doing all that. How many of y'all know you ain't never going outside and showing somebody the foundation of your house? Come on, somebody. You know what I'm saying? You ain't never been like, oh, y'all, I got this new foundation. Come check it out. Y'all, come on. No. Ain't nobody doing that, right? Like, foundations, let's be honest. Foundations aren't sexy. Foundations aren't, like, very, like, oh, my gosh, that, like, ooh, man, that foundation. Woo! Man, that's good. Ain't nobody saying that, right? Ain't nobody, ain't nobody talking like that. But I just want to challenge us really quick. That the foundation is the most important part of your house. That literally the foundation is the most important part because the quality of the structure on top is dependent upon what is built upon. So you got to think about that. As you build up this stuff on top of your house, it's ornate, it's great. But if you don't have the foundation, guess what it's going to do? If a windstorm comes or a tornado comes through, obviously, sometimes you have foundations that, that the houses get blown down, all of that stuff. But guess what? The foundation is the very thing that you got to build everything up off uh, on top of if you want it to last for a long time. Even Jesus himself said it like this, right? We know that in builder's terms. But even Jesus, you go back a couple thousand years, Jesus was saying this very thing. In Matthew chapter 7, and this is what Matthew chapter 7 uh, has to say. Matthew 7 verse 24, it says this. It says, anyone who listens to my teachings, this is Jesus talking, right? Anyone who listens to my teachings and follows it is wise. How many of y'all want to be wise? Come on, wave at me if that's you. I think we all do. I think we all want to be wise. We all want to be categorized as a wise person. I want to be wise, right? If you want to be wise, hey, follow my teaching and listen to my teaching, Jesus says, like a person who builds his house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it's built on the bedrock. But Jesus goes on to say, okay, hey, you build it that way. You build it on what I tell you to do. You build it on what my words have to say. Your life is going to withstand the storm, whatever might happen. But he goes on to say this, but anybody, everybody say everybody. everybody. That's not what I wanted you to say. Everybody say, everybody say anybody. That's it. Okay. Anybody, come on with me, who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and the floods come and the winds beat up against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. What's God saying to us? What is Jesus trying to get across to you and I? He's trying to say, hey, you know what we have to do? We have to let the Bible, we have to let God's teaching, we have to let Jesus' words literally set the foundation to our life. Set the rhythm of our entire life needs to be around this this thing called the Bible. I think that's so important. And the problem is, though, a lot of times we don't let that happen. 
I mean, if I'm being honest, I'm guilty of letting a lot of things outside of God's Word actually dictate how I live and the foundation I built upon. A few of those things, maybe you can uh, kind of recollect that you've built your life on certain things like this before. One of those is, is kind of a thing that, that can sway you one way or another uh, for, for kind of getting you out of rhythm or building your life on other things is culture. Right, I want you to write that down. Culture has a way of, of like, pop culture has a way of saying, you know what, no, 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 this is how you need to build your life. This is what you and I need to be doing. This is the way that everybody else is doing it this way. This is how you should build your life as well. And I think that's what uh, a pop culture would tell us. But the problem with that, if you and I were to build our life on that, if we're to build everything that we base our entire life off of, if we build it off of culture, what happens is, is that culture is always changing. Right? It's always, and so what we have is a moving target. But how many of you know that popular culture may change, but the truth of God's word never changes? It, it's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's the same word that you spoke thousands of years ago. It's the same word today that's available. It's sharper than any two edged sword. So for me, I want to build my life on the truth that does not change. And I think as I think through that, uh, again, what I try and ask myself, and I try to do this all the time, and I want to just challenge our church. I'm, I'm trying to take you over the next few weeks, like go deep uh, in, in God's Word. Like, like, and I'm going to challenge you in just a second to do that. Would you just take a step in to what God is trying to challenge you to do and how to do these disciplines that He's trying to work on? And I would just encourage you, it's really easy at this time of year to get your life out of rhythm. Come on, somebody, right? How many of y'all ready for Thanksgiving? Come on, I am. I can't wait for it. I can't wait for that sweet potato the casserole. Come on, Steve. When me and you was vibing last week together, weren't we? Like, we talking about our favorite side dishes, that sweet potato casserole. Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord. Pecans on top of it, please. Like, like I can't wait for Thanksgiving, but how many of y'all know it's really hard to get in a rhythm sometimes, even spiritually, through a crazy season of life, right? And let's just be honest, this next season that we're all walking into, no matter what it might look like, last year it looked really different for everybody. This year it's going to be hopefully somewhat back to some normal where we get to get with our families and do all all of that, but my thing is, is this is crazy, it's a crazy season, and what I'm going to challenge you to do is make sure you find time to set your entire life on, on the rhythm of God's Word, not what culture says, because what happens is so many times in my life, and I'm going to challenge you with this idea, this thought, is this, uh, I have to begin to ask myself, how much of culture am I allowing to dictate my life? Like, think about that. Think about what you and I watch. Think about what you and I hear. And I'm not, I'm not a guy that's like, oh, my goodness, you better not turn it on 96.9. That's my jam sometime, too, okay? Like, I ain't saying that. I'm not saying, like, uh, that you, you, you've got to be just perfect and dogmatic about it. But I do want to challenge you in that I believe that God has a big plan for you. And guess what? You can't go to that next season listening, watching, doing the things that you're doing right now. So I want to call that out of you, that culture is telling you to do this. But as your pastor, let me encourage you with something that you are, I believe God has something better for you. Don't let culture set the rhythm of your life. Let God's word set the rhythm of your life. Exodus chapter 23 verse 2 says, you must not follow the crowd in doing wrong. Come on, we've all been there, right? We've all been there. We've all walked through seasons where we have done the wrong thing following what other people are doing. Let's just make sure that we're building it on God's word, not culture. All right, amen, oh me. Amen, cool. Number two is tradition. Number two is tradition. 
And I want to I want to talk about this for just a second. See, there's a lot of people who don't have their life set to the rhythm of the truth or built on the truth of God's word, but rather they have it built on tradition. And let me just share something with you. There's nothing wrong with tradition at all. I'm I'm a pretty traditional guy. We're coming up on a season of tradition as far as like um you know things that we do as a family. We have these certain traditions that we do and things that we you know reading the Christmas story Christmas morning. That was a tradition in my family before we opened any gifts and all these other things in people's houses and these and that and all these things that we have. And tradition is good. I love tradition, but let it never substitute for the Word of God, right? Never let tradition, and this is how we've always done it, substitute what God's Word has to say. That's why even right now in a gym with lights on in a room, guess what? We met, we're, not, we're not married to anything other than the truth of God's Word. Right, we could be out in the field somewhere. Guess what? We still gonna have some church. We still gonna get loud about the things of God. We're still gonna point people to Jesus. We're still gonna invite people to come uh, and, and have a relationship with Jesus. We're gonna do all of those things because tradition would say, "Hey, you know what? I'm gonna hold on to the why we do it or the the what we do." Right? And again, there's nothing wrong with tradition at all. I mean, I, I love tradition, but when it replaces what God's word has to say, we got to start questioning it, questioning the tradition. So I just want to challenge us with that. Even, even Jesus himself said this in Mark chapter 7, verse 8, you have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human tradition. So let's not be that people. Let's not be the people that just do something because that's just what tradition says to do. Amen? All right, cool. Number three. Um, uh, what do we build our life on a lot of times other than necessarily what God's word is? A lot of times we build it on what seems right to us. Can we be honest? Can we be honest? A lot of times I'm going to build my life. Uh, okay, well, I mean, it seems right. Seems like that would be what I, would, I should do. Seems like that's something that, that uh, seems kind of right to me. So I'm going to kind of build everything that I, I base my ideas off of and my thoughts off of. I'm going to build it off of that because it seems right to me. And I want to challenge that a little bit because Proverbs happens to tell us in Proverbs 16.23, there is a way that seems right to man. This is what the Bible says. There is a way that seems right to man, but in the end it leads to death. That's what Scripture is saying. So it's challenging us that you know what? Not like you and I don't get to set what truth necessarily is. I think we got to understand that. What may seem right to me may seem right and different to somebody else. But we got to build something on our lives on something that does not change being God's Word. Anytime that I find myself struggling, okay, this is what seems right to me, but it's kind of contradictory to what God's Word says, guess what? Don't go with you. Go with God. All right? Come on. Vaya con Dios. Let's go. Okay? Like that's in, a, that's in that one song, isn't it? Adios vaya con Dios. Okay. Let's go with God. Okay? Just go with God. God, all right? Just do that every single time. Don't, don't do what seems right to me. And then that kind of leads me to my next one. A lot of times we build our lives on what feels right to us, what feels better to us. Like if it feels good, I'm going to do it. If it feels good, it must be right. And let me share something with you. Your feelings will lie to you. Come on, somebody, right? They'll lie to you. Like you, you, you were feeling like, oh, man, my body may feel warm today. I walked outside. It ain't warm outside. My body's no longer warm. I might have felt it when I woke up. But guess what? They'll lie to you, okay? Like your feelings will lie to you. And I just think you have to understand that feelings are wonderful, but they can't be trusted. That, that feelings are from God, but they can't replace God. 
that, that they, are, they are given to you and I to be able to just go through this life and, man, have feelings and emotions. Thank God that God gave us emotions. Man, I'm grateful for that, right? I'm most of the time really, really energetic. I'm grateful for that, that, that ability to be that. But, again, at the end of the day, let's not replace that with the truth of God's Word. Let's not be that way, okay? So, so those are a few things that I think we as a church, we need to make sure each of us individually that we are setting the trajectory of our life, the rhythm of our life, uh, by God's word. Amen? All right, cool. This is what Judges chapter 21, verse 25 says in the message paraphrase. It says, At that time there was no king in Israel, and people did whatever they felt like doing. That's what the Bible says. I think there's so many times I do what I feel like I want to do hey, instead of basing it on God's word. So there's a couple questions I think we have to ask ourselves in that is, what do I do when I don't understand what God's word is saying? Right, anybody ever been there? Anybody ever been reading something? You'd be like, what just happened? I don't even know what that said. I don't even know what's going on. I'll walk us through a few things in just a second. But yeah, this is what I want to challenge you with, too, is that I don't have to understand everything uh, to agree with it. Like, I don't have to understand everything about the Bible to agree that the Bible is truth, okay? I want us to understand that. And then I think a lot of times, okay, maybe we understand it, um, but, but what, about, um, what about the fact that, you know what, I understand it, but guess what? How many of y'all been there in that verse before, and you're like, ooh, I don't like that verse. Come on, somebody. Is that just me, or is that everybody? Come on, it's all skate. Have you ever read something, and you're like, ooh, I don't want to do that? I don't want to do that, right? I, he's like, oh, if I could, if it wouldn't be blasphemous, I'll just take that and I'll just kind of just rip that page out and I'll get rid of it. Like forgiving those that have hurt you and wronged you. Mm, I don't really want to do that. I want to kind of just get rid of that page really quick. And I think what happens is a lot of times, uh, again, we'll ask, okay, well, if I don't understand it, what do I do? Well, guess what? You don't have to understand everything to agree with it. What happens if I don't like it? I don't like what that's asking me. I don't like what Jesus is asking me to do. Guess what? This is my challenge for you there. You don't always have to like it, but God is calling you to obey it. Okay, I always don't like I'll just tell you really quick. I always don't like what I'm reading whenever I'm reading the Bible. Because guess what? The Bible is the only book out there that reads like a mirror. Come on, somebody, right? That when I'm reading it, I'm looking back at myself, and I'm uh, God is trying to show me, okay, these are things that I've got to change. These are things that I have to do differently. And so I just want to challenge you, just because you may not like it doesn't give you and I the right to say, well, I don't even have to obey it. I want to challenge our church. I'm going to ask our church, hey, listen, step up in this area of letting it set the rhythm of your life. That's point number one. Number two, are you ready? If you're ready, say, I'm ready. All right, number two is you got to make it set the rhythm of your day. So not only do you have to let it set the rhythm of your life, build everything on it, right? Build it all on top of that. Build it all on God's Word. You also have to let it set the rhythm of your day. And, and I'm not going to be legalistic about this, like saying that if you don't get up and read your Bible first thing in the morning and do all that, that you'll just not, you'll have a terrible day. No, 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 no. I'm not telling you that. I'm not saying that. But I am going to say, and I am going to challenge, because I did this last week, and we're going to be something that we speak about every single week, this idea of first 15. Somebody shout first 15. I would encourage you to take the first 15 minutes of every day and would you just let it set the rhythm of your day? Because, again, I don't know about how many of you have been there like I have where I wake up and immediately I'm in a bad mood. Come on, somebody, right? Just immediately it's a bad day. I just got out the bed. Like, how do I feel this way already? But what I will challenge you to do 
is to take those first 15 minutes, and I, I'll just tell you that may be hard for some of us, maybe me, uh, us getting up 15 minutes earlier, it may be something like that, but would you take the first 15 minutes and do what Jesus is saying in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, this is what he says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things will be given unto you as well. I just think if you and I will spend the first part of our day letting God and the Bible set the rhythm of our day, that no matter what we come up against, no matter what we face, that literally we can, that there can be any situation that happens, but what it does is it begins to focus us in on really what matters. It begins to set this the trajectory of the day, that no matter what happens to me, guess what? My life is not off of balance. My life is not out of rhythm. I've been in rhythm. I've gone in. I've said, okay, first 15 minutes of the day, and I'll write, write these down again because I want you to write them down because I want you to take notes because I want you to have these with you. Five minutes in worship. Right, we talked about it last week, five minutes of worship. I told you, and I, I always say it, that's half of a Hillsong song. Come on, somebody, right? You listen to half of a Hillsong song, that'll get you five minutes. Right? I'll tell you, this week, the thing that has been firing me up, I listened to it on repeat on the way here this morning, was Might Get Loud by Elevation Worship, all right? And I'll just tell you, we're going to sing that in a new facility. Yeah, we are, ain't we? First week, ain't we? That's it, because it might get loud. It's been, it's been soft the last couple weeks, but it might get loud in that facility. It's going to be great. Uh, but, but that's been one of those things that, again, what the song, more so than necessarily the, the beat and the rhythm, I love that. But I love what it's saying is that, you know what, it's telling me, you know, I have a song to sing. I have a song that I was who I was before Jesus, but thank God he saved me and he set me free, that he redeemed me. And you know what? My praise might get loud. My, my worship might get loud. My life might get loud. So for me, that's been my go-to all week, so maybe you need to listen to that one, I don't know, but might get loud, that's been something for me, it's been firing me up all week long, okay Lord, I know I know my life, I know what it looks like today, I know I might have these meetings or this or that, but guess what, my praise is not going to be shut up by the meeting that I go into, like my, my voice is not going to be quietened, because I'm going to steal my heart before you and say, you know what God, thank you for what you've done, thank you for who you are, I'm going to worship, so five minutes in worship, I would encourage you five minutes of reading the Bible. We'll talk about that in just a second, how you can do that. I, I want to teach us. I want to try and just take us a step in of how we can really do that really well. Uh, uh, the next one, uh, the, uh, this is what the Bible even says about all of this. Psalm 31, uh, 4, verse 1, I will praise the Lord at all times, right? Yeah, I'm going to give them five minutes of a worship song, but my life is going to be worship. It's not going to be about a song. That's why we sing. It's more than a song for the song in itself. It's not something you require. It's my life that you require, right? So I will praise the Lord at all times. I'll constantly speak of his praises is what Psalm 34.1 says. Five minutes in the Word. Y'all remember this from back in the day, Psalm 119.105, that your word is a lamp unto my feet. Y'all remember vacation Bible school back in the day? And a light unto my path, and I will hide his word in my heart that I may not sin against God. Come on, somebody, right? That's what we used to say at Vacation Bible School. And it's so true. It's so good, but if you spend five minutes in worship, five minutes in the Word, five minutes in prayer. I want to just speak this prayer. And if you don't know, I'll, again, if you don't know how to pray, come back next week. Trust me, we're going to talk about how do I pray? How do I learn how to pray? What do I even pray for? I mean, like, 
I know what, 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 you know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What, what, is that, like, what does that even mean? We're going to walk through what that means next week, how you can take that level, uh, that, that spiritual discipline level to another level uh, if in your prayer life. But again, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 says, don't be anxious about anything. Anybody been anxious about some stuff lately? Come on, just be honest in this place. Come on, me included. I've been anxious about certain things. I've been anxious, honestly, if I could be real transparent with you, about when we're moving into our facility. I'm anxious. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm anxious about it. I'm like, okay, like, when are we going to be in? It'd be great if it was today. You know, like, what, what is that? I'm anxious. But what I've been challenging myself to do is, is take this this week, and, man, let it set the rhythm of my day. Don't be anxious about anything but in everything. Somebody shout everything. That's what I want you to say, everything. <laughs> By prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Come on. It's a great time of year for us to be thankful for what God has done, right? Thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's five minutes if you and I will just spend in prayer. Again, we'll talk through more of what that looks like next week. So you got to make it what sets the rhythm of your day. Make it what sets the rhythm of your life. Make it what sets the rhythm of your day. Y'all good? Everybody good? Number three, what's our time looking like? 9.56, here we go. Number three, you got to make it grow deeper. You have to make it grow deeper. Yes, I said that right. you got to make it grow deeper. I'm trying to help by explaining all of this stuff. And, and what I want you to understand for all of us is that coming to church, that, that you, you get a little bit deeper every week when you come to church, right? We get a little bit more. We get a little bit. It's like church, what it does for us is kind of a rallying cry together. That's good. I love what happens on Sundays. I love what God is building here. Again, I love what God is doing. But I want to challenge you. If the only dip that you're getting into God's words on Sunday, I'm going to challenge you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to challenge Make it grow deeper in your life. Take it. I like to equate it like this. Y'all, y'all like y'all been wondering what this little this little leopard print, um, you know, little thing. What is this called? Canteen thing uh, up here has been up here for. I'm gonna show you really quick. So, um, I think about this, and I think about your life, and I think about my life, and I think about how our life is kind of like. Uh, a little bit what we're going through in this cup right here. So we see this cup. I think about this cup, and, and, and again, what I want you to understand is that, that if you can just imagine for just a second that this is mine in your life, and uh, we're in a cup, you kind of see it's, it's clear water all through that. And what I want to challenge us with is, again, making it grow deeper, making the Word of God grow deeper in your, in your life. Watch what the Bible says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. It says, let. Somebody shout, let. Let the Word of God uh, dwell in you richly. Like, let it. you gotta, you got to make you, it. wants to. It wants to grow in your life. It wants to be something that you build your life upon. But you got to make it. you got to let it. you got to allow it to be there. So, again, I want us to think about, if you can just imagine for just a second, that this tea bag right here is a, a, a little bit, it, this is the Bible. If you can imagine for just a second, this is the Bible. If you can imagine this is your life right here, right? So if we can just for just a second, for illustration purposes, just think about like what Sundays would be. If this is the Bible and this is yours in my life, like can you imagine just for a second, like Sunday is a little bit of just a, just a little bit of a dip, right? Oop. And, and okay, so I want you to understand something really quick is that, that you can't really see a whole lot of it, but it changed the color of it a little bit. And I'm sad to say that that's all my sermon would do for you on a week. You know what I'm saying? Like it would just change your life just a little bit, okay? But, but like 
that, that if you look at it now, it's a little bit different. But, but what I'm going to challenge you to do when I'm saying make it grow deeper is that you and I would dip into God's Word a little bit more. That it wouldn't just be a Sunday thing, right? That it wouldn't just be a, a, a once a week type thing. But daily, you and I would make little deposits along the way, right? And so what would happen is, is if you and I will do that, if you and I, if we would continue to just let that be the thing that encompasses our life, that fills our life up, watch what happens in just a few minutes. We'll talk, and then we'll go back to that in just a second. But well, how do I do that? How do I make it grow deeper in my life? You want me to, to just teach you something really quick. Get a translation that you understand. Get a translation that you understand. We're going to get real practical here together. Can we handle that together? Get a translation that you can understand. you got to understand something really quick. We'll take just a little biblical theology class together. Old Testament was written in Hebrew. New Testament was written in Greek. I don't think any of us in this room speak those two languages, okay? I don't think we do. You might. You're way smarter than I am, okay? Uh, but, but we don't speak that. So what had to happen was they had to translate that into English, right? And we all know that the very first English translation was the King James Version, or what I like to call the King Jimmy Version. Come on, somebody, right? In 1611, and it reads, let's just be honest, if you got the KJV, it reads like when it was written in 1611, Old English, these, thou's, thine's, thou'st, all of those things, right? It's there. And I want to I want to honor that because that's a man. Thank God that we had that done in English for the very first time. Because again, we don't speak Greek, we don't speak Hebrew. So thank God we had that. So what I want to challenge us so many times though, is we will hold that to revere. Like we'll think that God is from England because like like the the you know the KJV version is the only one we can read. Now again, I want to I want to just encourage you with something really quick. That there's a few things that that Pastor Chris Hodges that I learned from him that he shared with. Uh, the, his church that I learned uh, about what happened when they were translating the Bible. So can we go there really quick? We go there really fast. Okay. So so I want you to understand there's three types of, of really uh, Bible um, um, I, I paraphrase. There's there's literally a uh, another version of it where they translate different translations. They call them formal equivalency. They call it functional equivalency. And there is a paraphrase. Okay. So what I want us to understand is that formal equivalency. What they did was they went back to the very begin, like the, the the guys that are way smarter than us. So people that are way smarter than us uh, than me. I'm not going to insult your intelligence today. Uh, like way smarter than me went back to the original language that it was wrote in and word for word went through and they translated the Bible okay so if there was a Greek word that 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 was not in English they put an English word to it okay so there was a formal equivalency now there's a few of those versions out there one of them being the King James version also the new King James version what did they do they took out all the these and the thines and the thouists and all of that right and so they just put you and in, instead of ye you know uh, like that's good okay I can understand that that's the new King James Version. There's also the New American Standard Bible, the NASB, that did that very same thing. And then also the ESV. All of those were a formal equivalency, meaning word for word went back and translated it. Okay. Then there was this other, they call this the dynamically formal equivalency. I know that's like really crazy words. Really, I know it's functional equivalency. So what they did when they were translating the Bible, if that was hard for some people to read, there was a few people that would take it and take the thought of the sentence, like the entire sentence, they would look at it as a whole, and then they, they went back to the original transcript, 
And they went back to the very beginning. They, they were a lot smarter than I was. And they looked at the sentence that that was written in, in Greek or Hebrew, and they translated the entire sentence, the thought of the sentence, okay? Uh, those, are, those are some translations like the NLT, which is what I study with, right? It's my Bible that I preach to you a lot of times. The NLT, you probably heard of that, or the NIV is another one of those. That's one that we use a lot here at Purpose Church. The GN and the TEN, all right? Those are all uh, formal, not formal equivalency, dynamically formal equivalencies, okay? So I want us to understand. And then there's these things called the paraphrase, okay? They didn't even go back to the original language. They looked at what was translated in English, uh, and then they just said, okay, we're going to kind of write it around this idea. So I want to show you a few of those, how different they are, okay? Are you ready? All right, King James Version, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. We all know this, uh, this verse. Um, we all know it because it's spoken at weddings and all kinds of stuff around. It says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. Charity suffereth long. Come on, somebody, right? And is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. It is not puffeth upeth. It doesn't say that. I just said that last one right there. That's the King James Version, right? But the NIV says it like this. This is the dynamic uh, formal equivalency. It says love is patient. Love is kind. Come on, a little bit easier for us to understand, right? It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, right? And if you read the message, it's like all over the place, okay? It's good, but it's a paraphrase. It's not a word for word, okay? And so what I want to challenge you guys to do, and why I took time to just walk you through that, is I, I want to challenge you, get a Bible that you can understand. Get a Bible that you, when you read it, that you can understand it. And listen, we would love, if you don't have a Bible that you can understand, right out there today at the Connect Corner, we would love to give you a Bible that is a NL, I think it's an NLT or NIV, one of the two. It's very simple to read, very easy to read, and it's yours. Take it home with you. The generous, you generous people of Purpose Church have bought that for other people to give away. So thank you for your generosity. But get a translation that you can understand. If you want to grow deep into it, get something that you're actually going to read. Come on, somebody, right? Okay, number two is get a, a study Bible. Okay, so not only do I, I encourage you to get a Bible that you can read, get a study Bible. I have a life application Bible is what this one is, and uh, it's falling apart in like 40. Like I have had, sometimes why I don't read from my Bible to you is because the page is missing. I'm just telling you all, it is falling out. It is ripped out. I don't even know what happened, but, but I want to challenge you, get a study Bible. What's a study Bible? A study Bible is one that has like a couple lines underneath it that shows you, okay, like you just read that. Here's some study that can go along with it that can help advance what you're walking through, help you you grow deeper into it. And lastly, I would just encourage you to get in a crew. Get in a crew. If you want to grow deep in the Word, if you want to grow deep in relationship, you want to do that, jump in a crew. We'll launch them off at the very beginning of the year. You don't want to miss being a part of that. As soon as we move into a new facility, guess what? We're going to have crews that will be launching off very soon after that. And I would just encourage you, yes, we have crews that some do dog walking. And, yes, we have crews that some are hiking. And, yes, we have crews that some are just, they may be random. But guess what? There is Scripture tied in with every one of them. And if you want to grow deeper in your relationship with Jesus, I just encourage you jump in a crew. All the crew people said, yeah, yeah, I'm in it. I'm, I'm going to it. And then while we were talking this whole time, look, look at right here. This was water, but the very thing that I began to immerse my life in, the very thing that I began to allow to enter into me became the very nature of what I am. I don't know if y'all can smell it. This smells a little different. This looks a little different. And so what I want to challenge you with, making it grow deeper in your life, is that the Bible was never meant to just be read. It was meant to be lived out. It was meant to change 
you. It was meant to make you different, make you smell better, taste better. Come on, somebody, right? Like that, that your life and my life would look different after we spend time in it. Amen or oh me. All right, number four, Kyle, come up here and play these keys so I can shut this thing down real quick, all right? Here's the thing. The last thing I told you last week was that worship is a weapon. Remember me telling you that? This week, guess what? You got to make your Bible a weapon. I know that sounds funny. Make your, now I don't mean like slapping your neighbor with your Bible across the face. Like, boy, you need some Jesus. No, no, none of that. Okay? Not talking about that. But what I am talking about is that you and I have to make this thing, what, what we spend our life on, what we build our life around, what we build our day around, growing deeper in it. And then I'm challenging you today. Listen, you got to make it a weapon. As I read earlier in Matthew chapter 7, the fact is that you and I, storms are coming. Right? There's going to be things that beat up against the house. There's going to be things that come in your life. And welcome to Purpose Church. We're glad you're here. But storms are coming, right? Like things are going to happen. Your life is going to have challenges. But what I want to challenge you with is this idea. If I don't make Scripture a weapon, we're in trouble. This is what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 13, verse, uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. This is Paul writing about the fact that you got to put on the full armor of God. you got to put on the full armor. Therefore, that's what he says, verse 13, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes. Somebody say when. Not if. Not it might come. When it comes. So again, let me encourage you. There's going to be days that come like that. There's going to be days when, man, evil just overtakes. Just I mean, it's coming after you. That the job of the enemy is to steal, kill, and destroy your life. And there's going to be days that that happens. Okay, I want to encourage you, though. And watch what Jesus says. In verse 17, he goes on to say that you may be able to stand your ground taking the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You know what the sword is? It's a, it's a weapon. It's, it's an offensive weapon. It's the fact that you and I don't have to retreat from the Word of God. The Word of God is an offensive-type weapon. That no matter what we might find ourselves coming up against, no matter what comes against us, that we can use this right here to say, you know what? No, no, no. I know what God's word says. Even Jesus himself did that. Matthew chapter 3, Matthew chapter 4. Jesus is being tempted. Right? He's being tempted, and, and Satan is tempting him. It's right before a big, uh, right before he's about to go into public ministry, like right before a big time deal in his life. And like what he came to do, and literally Satan shows up. And what does Jesus do every single time, does he say? He says, you know what? I hear you, but guess what? It is written. I, I hear you saying that, but guess what? It's written. I, I know that's what you're saying right now, but I know what God's word says. And it is written. And I just want to challenge all of us. There may be seasons of your life that seem like craziness all around you, that temptation is around you, that, that life is just heavy, whatever it might be. I would just encourage you, begin to memorize it so that you can speak it into your life. Begin to memorize it on the inside of you. So you say, you know what? I know what the doctor report said. But I know that Romans 8.28 tells me that God is going to work all things for the good of them that love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. I know I know that that doesn't look like a very good future ahead of us. But guess what Jeremiah 29.11 says? It says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. That's what I'm clinging on to whenever I have situations that walk in my life. Oh, man, I don't know. You're doing a, you're doing a good job, but it's pretty small. It doesn't seem like it's very impactful. Well, guess what Ephesians 
3.20 says to me. It says that great, like that God can do immeasurably more than I could ever ask, think, or imagine. I'm just telling you, you got to be willing to say, you know what? i got to internalize it because whatever I'm walking through, it's got to begin to be the very thing that comes out of me in the middle of whatever I'm walking through. I know I've talked a long time today, but I just really think this is so impactful for us. If we can get this, if we can build our life on this, if we can build our day on this, if we can make it grow deeper, I believe if that will be the thing that Purpose Church leads us in the future, if we'll allow worship, scripture, prayer, those disciplines to be the things that are said about us. Yes, I'm, we're, we got the same core values. Yes, we got the same mission statement. But guess what? At the end of the day, the rhythm that Purpose Church is about, it's about God, it's about the Bible, it's about what He's saying, it's about worship, it's about all of those things. Let's, let it be said of us that, man, we have a rhythm of Scripture. Let it be said of you in your life that you have a rhythm of Scripture. And I, I don't know where you are in your spiritual life today, but let me just share you with you just the, the, the ideas. I point this all back, this entire Bible, what it points to from the start to the finish is this guy named Jesus. The fact is that we would never, ever have a service uh, where we don't talk about Jesus. That we will always speak Jesus. We will always say and tell you what Jesus has done. That he died in my spot and in your spot. And that if you will give your life to him, that he is faithful and just, the Bible says, to forgive us of all unrighteousness. So maybe that's you. Maybe you need to give your life to Jesus today. I'm going to ask everybody really quickly, would you stand to your feet, quietly as possible, and bow your heads as you do that. You're in this room and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. I'm going to ask you to do something today. Just pray something like this. You don't have to say it word for word, but I want you to mean it in your heart. Would you just say this? Would you say, dear Jesus, I want you to come in my life. I want you to save me. Forgive me of my sins. Help me live for you. Help me spend the rest of my life making much of you, Jesus. But thank you for saving me. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for getting out of the grave. And I put my trust in you today that's you and you're listening on a podcast or, or, or you're in this room, first of all, I want to tell you really quickly that you just made the best decision that you've ever made in your life. The decision to say yes to Jesus is better than any decision that you could ever make, and we want to be a church that celebrates that. Come on, church, are we thankful for that? Come on, I know your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. Come on, let's give God a big shout of praise. We're going to celebrate that. Celebration's our response. We're going to celebrate the fact that one person, we're going to, we, want, we want this place to look like heaven. And when one person comes to Jesus, heaven throws a big party. And so we're going to be a place that parties on a purpose because, man, people are meeting Jesus. And I'm so thankful for that. And maybe you're in this room and you just said yes to Jesus. I'm going to ask you to do something pretty radical. I'm going to ask you to move, not come down here to me. we got an incredible team to my right, maybe uh, in front of some of you, behind some of you, to the wall that you came in the doors on. All right, and uh, and we would love to just celebrate that with you. We again, that's the mission of our church is to connect people to Jesus, help them live on purpose, like that they would walk out, that you would walk out of here with a relationship with God, and that you would walk out of here changed, connected to Jesus, on uh, on mission to go out and make a difference wherever He might go. So if that's you and you just said yes to Jesus, make your way that way. That would be awesome. If you're listening on podcast, you're still hanging with us, man. We're glad you're here. But I'll just tell you, all you got to do is text the word purpose to 270-229-6488. 270-229-6488. All right, Purpose Church, one more time. Can we celebrate God big? Can we celebrate God loud? Come on, give it up for Jesus. Yeah.
Come on, y'all can do a little better now. I think you give it up for Jesus a little bit more. Yeah, that's good. I like it. Let's see high five four people around you. Say, man, I love seeing your face today at church. Come on, come on, somebody. All right, all right. Hey, really quickly, I just want to tell you thank you so much for being here. I'm sorry y'all saw my backside a little more today. I should have been around here talking to you guys a little more, so I'll just let them see my backside now. Um, but, but, man, thank you guys for being here. I'm really grateful for you. Let, before you go anywhere just yet, let me encourage you. Our usher team is coming forward. Um, they're going to pass these offering containers around. If it's your first time, this is not for you. This is for people that call Purpose Church home. We have a chance to continue to worship. Our serve team's even in here still. We're going to continue to worshiping together, uh, that, that we're all in this same boat together by giving. And I'll just tell you again, because of your generosity that we have been able to go, we've got our own facility. If you want to know a little bit more, see some updated pictures, obviously we'll be keeping you updated as we get closer. Again, don't be anxious about anything. Yes, Lord, I'm hearing you today. Uh, and everything, we're going to pray, we're going to give petition, we're going to be thankful, all of that, right? But if you want to know a little bit more about what's coming up at the lot, right, that's what we're calling it, because it used to be a place called Save a Lot, that we believe Jesus is going to save a lot of people. And so uh, we're calling that the lot. And, uh, and and so that is happening. All you have to do is text the lot, literally text those two words as one word, the lot, to 270-229-6488. You'll get some pictures back. Uh, we'll be updating that just throughout the uh, like every week um, so you can kind of see the progress that's happening every single week. And it's getting close. And we have just a handful of times together in this place. So, again, I'm going to challenge you to, to, to just lean in to keep coming back. I know sometimes it's uncomfortable, but guess what? God loves to work in the uncomfortable out of you and me. And uh, he's working it out of me right now. Guess what? God is doing something in our church, <coughs> excuse me, that I believe if he told us, we wouldn't even believe. If we could if we could see all that God is doing. And so I just I'm so grateful for you. I'm so thankful to serve with you. Let's let's keep populating heaven. Let's keep doing whatever we got to do. There is too many, really quick, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some vision before you leave today. There is too many people that we pass every single day that are not going to heaven, that are going to spend eternity away from God, that I believe God has put us in their path to go out there and make a difference. So I'm challenging you. Let's grow deeper, but let's not grow inward. Okay? Does that make sense? Don't grow. Let's grow deeper because to me, deeper means Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, going into all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All of those things include deeper. Okay? So I'm going to challenge our church, man. I'm asking you to invite somebody to come. Invite somebody to be with you. Come with you. Take them to lunch after. And we can't wait to see what God is going to do. I love you. I'm so grateful for you. Let me pray for you, and I hope you have the best week ever. Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for my friends. Bless them. Keep them. Turn your face towards them. Shine your favor upon them. And Jesus, this week, give them peace no matter what happens in their life. In Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said a good amen, amen. Have a great week. See you next Sunday. Thank you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to ourpurpose.church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose.